So I had this conversation with my brother about a month ago. And then I saw a video today on TikTok that made me think about this and lead to this comment. And so I've been saying that people need to be more attentive to their upbringing when it comes to relationships for a while. I mean, being in the psychology field, being in the marriage and family therapy field, and even if you just watch a few movies and TV shows or have ever been to therapy, it's always funny because, you know, we all go back to the Freudian perspective, this whole idea of, you know, what, what was your mother like? What was your father like? What was your upbringing? And I think that the powers that be must have known that he know what he talking about. And there, and there's going to be some negative repercussions for us to really utilize this information because they they like to show Freudian perspectives in a negative light. This whole um, sexualizing your parents is the whole perspective or the laying down on the couch and the hypnotism and I, I think that you know we we like to glorify the negative imagery instead of like really I think I think what happened is Freud was a, ahead of his time and Freud was saying some things people weren't ready to hear in the way he said it And so we get too caught up in, you know, these uh, these things that the media can can hyper intensify to a to a point that it, it becomes either fearful or entertaining. And miss what's written between the lines. Right. In any case. Getting back on topic. What happens here is you meet someone and for whatever reason, because of these previous experiences, including the Freudian concept, we say, well, it's not important to talk about that. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. You know, all of us listen to, to Biggie and we sit up. And think like, oh, well, that's the that's what we should be talking about. Tell me about you. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite TV show? Who's your favorite artist to listen to? Who's your favorite artist painting wise or sculpting wise? What's your favorite museum? What's your favorite restaurant in town? We asking all of these random things. But for some reason, these like real in-depth conversations we hate having. I remember the commercial that would talk about the fact that we don't like talking about people's sexual history. How many people you've been with? Do you have an STD? When was the last time you got tested? You know, people will ask you how many siblings you have. But won't ask you what was your interactions with your siblings growing up? What's your relationship with your siblings now? 
People will even ask you, what's your relationship with your mother? Because a lot of women believe that how you treat your mother is how you'll treat them. But then they don't turn around and ask you, how does your mother treat you? What did your parents teach you as a child about other people? What was your observation of your parents' relationship? That's when it's, ooh, this too deep. We can't talk like that. And if a person tells you, well, I'm going to determine if I'm going to date you or marry you based off your answers, we're offended. Because we live in a very selfish, self-absorbed, subjective, emotional world. Everything is transactional, and yet we are constantly trying to prove that it's not. What? Transactional? Mm -mm. What? Who said something about money? No, Mm -mm. it ain't like that. What? No, it's not a quid pro quo. It's not about what I get and what you get. You shouldn't think so logically. You should think emotionally. I think our society created this concept because we know that more often than not, in an emotional state, you will make the wrong decision. Even our government and legal system knows you can't ask questions to somebody in an emotional state unless you're going to follow up asking questions when they're not emotional. They won't put you on the stand if you're too emotional. They won't ask you to give them a firsthand account of what you thought happened during an emotional state because they know that in an emotional state you will come to conclusions that might even be completely fabricated. But we don't like to get too logical because, see, when I say my perspective is who your parents are is very important and what relationship they had and who they were and what they taught you is very important. I have an episode where I talk about the fact that a lot of women are struggling because your father was too good to you. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm not trying to say you should diminish yourself, but I'm saying if your father raised you to be a princess, you're probably going to want the man that you end up with to treat you like a queen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But where are you looking for it? I've also made an episode where I talked about how a lot of times you're praising your father for the man he was when he raised you, but you don't know nothing about the man he was before you were born. There are a lot of men who, let's just keep it a buck, they wasn't shit before you came along. There's a lot of men, they wasn't nobody. Before they marry your mother. So you trying to find a man who's Prince Charming right now. Not knowing that your own father, the man that you are determining that you need a man to remind you of your father. 
a man you thought was a manly man, a man among men, a king, an alpha male, a strong man, a competent man, a confident man, was a straight up frog, but your mama picked him. And a lot of times we even have this assumption that your mama is the reason why he changed into this. No, she didn't change him. He changed for her. Common misconception that we've been create that we have been given created by media. That you kiss the frog and he becomes a prince. Mm -mm, nope. It's a lot more like Shrek. He became a hero for you. Because he needed to, to save you, to help you. In any case. So my conclusion has become. And this is the conversation I have with my brother. The experiences that you have growing up and the people who raised you, that's who you need to be with. You wonder why you have all of these issues. Mainly because you don't really want to have conversations with yourself or your significant other about who raised you and your experiences growing up and who your parents really are. You ain't even had a conversation with your parents about who they really are or who you are. So now you go off into the world and you had a two parent household where your mother and father were 50-50 type parents. I'll give you the story of my own parents. My stepfather raised me from a very, very, very young age. So I grew up knowing him as my father. He cooked. He cleaned. He took out the trash. He did yard work. He fixed stuff around the house. If he couldn't fix it, he'd call somebody to come fix it. He'd try to read a map. He'd try to plan and figure things out for himself. If he couldn't do it, he'd ask somebody. He was never too big to ask for help. He was never too big to say that he needed support. In my head, he was much more of the postmodern type man. He had a lot of traditional values and morals, but he didn't need to prove anything to anybody except that he could take care of his family. He provided, he worked hard, he made more money than my mother, but my mother still worked. Even when they were at their best, when they had the most money, they still both worked. They still both helped. He didn't very often make decisions without consulting my mother. And my mother very seldom made decisions without consulting him. But when you were around them, you could tell that he was the man of the house. More often than not, they'd go back and forth and he'd end up ultimately making the decision. But they never made decisions without consulting each other. Even, even though he knew that he was going to be the one to make the decision, a lot of times he'd still ask it. He was a gentleman. He raised me to be a gentleman. 
so I just imagine you was raised in my household, right? Or imagine you were raised in your house and we you met me. Your upbringing is extremely relevant to how you think your household is supposed to go. Because the majority of people, you either want your house to be just like your parents or you want it to be a complete opposite because you think your parents did something incorrect. So imagine you're raised in a two parent household that isn't traditional. And then you meet someone who has a traditional household. Where the gender roles are very strict, very rigid and set. Or imagine you meet someone who didn't have a two parent household. They were raised by their mother. The mother who swears that their father is the devil and don't want nothing to do with this man and ain't got one good word to say about him and they ain't never seen this man their entire life. Y'all have very different perspectives on not only how this house should go, but how these kids should be raised. Not only that, but even how your romantic life is supposed to go. Even explaining how my parents are, my parents weren't very openly affectionate. I didn't see them being very affectionate in public. I didn't even really hear them saying very much affectionate stuff in public. But they were slightly affectionate at home. But, you know, at a very low level. You know, for the most part, you didn't see a lot of that. So, again, imagine me growing up not seeing my parents very affectionate, but successfully being together for years and never getting divorced and having very few arguments. And I think, well, not only is this what is acceptable, but also attainable. So then you meet someone Who's very extremely affectionate because their parents are very affectionate and might not have even felt the need to keep that separate from their family. I remember growing up, there was this boy that I was friends with and his parents were extremely affectionate. To the extent that we often caught his parents having sex while we are here and they know that we here. Imagine you meeting a guy like this whose parents are openly all out with it. Ain't trying to hide nothing. I remember I had a friend growing up who I believe it was his mother, but one of his parents is a sex therapist. So you go in his house and there's pictures of nudity everywhere. And him and his parents have very comfortable, candid conversations about sex. And they ain't hiding or keeping nothing secret. Or my family, on the other hand, is very reserved. So you trying to explain to this other person, 
you don't have to be overly affectionate for your relationship to work. I saw it. My parents did it. And they're explaining to you, well, no. You have to be open about these things and you need to tell your kids and your kids need to feel comfortable because that. And so now you're both trying to explain the norms of the experiences that you had growing up. And I simply think one 20 minute conversation could have avoided all of this. And if only we could just add in just a little bit of objectivity into our decision making, into our, you know, people don't like the term, but mate selection. You could avoid all of this. Now you five years into your marriage. Trying to talk to a therapist or a lawyer about what your next steps are. Instead of just, you know, avoiding all of this by having a simple conversation and going, maybe this isn't the best for us. Maybe we shouldn't pick each other. I think that this conversation could be very simple because after having this conversation that you're both being very transparent about not only what you believe, but also what you need in the next few days, weeks, months of your relationship, you can now assess this person's ability to be who you want and your ability to be who they want. And you could have just completely avoided this. My belief is that you should date someone who had a very similar upbringing and very similar parents to you. It's funny because when we start talking about things like race and religion and nationality and country of origin and environment, community, society, these are usually subjects where people agree with that. You tell somebody, well, I know that you're atheist, but you should be dating someone who's Christian. I know you're Muslim, but you should be dating someone who's Jewish. People are like, oh, no. Mm -mm 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 -mm." People don't really like to talk about it. But there is a very large majority of people who think that you should only date people who are the same race as you. Or people who believe you should come from a similar background. Well, I'm from New York. You from Florida. I'm from Brooklyn. You from the suburbs. We might not match. We might not match. Now, I'm not literally saying that was my background, but I'm just saying that's how a lot of people think. Or even when people say that these are their preferences, most people understand. But when I say this, people are like, wait, 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 hold on. I think it's because of a fear of cutting out too many people out of the dating pool. I think it's because of a fear of being too much like their parents or being too much like their background. And people are like, well, I didn't like my parents. I didn't like my background. I didn't like, you know, the community I was around. I didn't like the school I went to. So I'm trying to get away from that. And of course, my question is always the same. As you've felt this way and attempted to do this, have you been successful? 
Not were you successful at finding somebody. You'll always find somebody to date. You'll always find somebody to have sex with, to marry, to have kids with. You'll always find someone who will commit to you eventually. But were you successful at being happy with this person? Were you successful at making decisions together? Compromising. Coming to conclusions. Because that's when you start to realize, hmm. Now, me personally, I will say my personal experience. I haven't actually met too many women who were raised in a two-parent household. I haven't actually talked to or dated many women who were raised in a two-parent household. But my observation is that these women are totally different. I also, of the few women that I've talked to who had a two-parent household, haven't met very many women who can actually say their parents seem to be happy together. And so, again, totally different women. Now, it goes to the two sides of the spectrum that I just said, because you got people who want to be like their parents and people who are trying to do something totally different. And that was one of the few things, and I know people always get all in their feelings when I say these types of things, but that's one of the few things that Kevin Samuel said that I actually understood and could agree with. That like, what did you experience growing up? You're probably going to be a lot like your parents. As much as you're trying to fight it, eventually it's going to come out. So your parents... Are these very well-to-do, very humble, very relaxed, calm, suburban people, and you trying to be rebellious? And you go down this path, and when you get done going down this path, what ends up happening? You the single guy, living in a house by yourself, with or without kids, doesn't matter but none of them live with you and you in a suburban neighborhood that's calm and quiet and you know your neighbors you the grown single woman single mother living in a nice neighborhood aspiring if you haven't already attained this very nice well to do job all these memories about all this crazy stuff you was doing. Your kids grow up talking about how they can't imagine you being someone ripping and running the streets. You end up being your parents anyways. The truth is you need to be with somebody who is like that. I know the old the old heads used to say like you look for someone that reminds you of your mother. You look for someone that reminds you of your father. I think that that's still true. It's the reason why I assume that a lot of a lot of marriages that were preplanned kind of worked out 
because the parents got together and made these decisions. And oftentimes, parents would be within the same circles. They would be within the same types of individuals. So, well, hey, if your parents get along with their parents, they have similar morals, similar backgrounds, similar values. You guys are probably going to work out as well because you have similar upbringings and similar parents, similar concepts, similar beliefs, similar values. I don't know. I could be wrong, but in my mind, I would say. Test me out. It's real simple. Test me out. Pick three people. Find three people. One that matches what I'm saying and two that don't. And see if I know what I'm talking about or not.